Hello, dear friends. Merry Christmas. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our weekly Bible study right here on our website. Thank you in the busyness of this time of year for joining us to spend some time together around the Word of God that we might hear from heaven today. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking clearly uh, by the Holy Spirit, amen, unto us today as God's children. And I want to talk to you today about something that I believe will help us keep Christmas all year long. And I'm not talking about the pressure and the prices and the hustle and the bustle. I'm talking about the great truth of Christmas. And that's why we've titled this teaching, Christmas when the most high became the most nigh. Christmas, when the most high became the most nigh. If you have your Bibles today, turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 23. Very familiar verse of Scripture. It says, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Several things up front right now. God is with us today. God is with us in a way that he was not with Israel in the Old Covenant. Jesus, you see, came into this fallen world, this sinful and rebellious world, this world controlled by Satan and inhabited by the slaves to sin. To bring salvation and to restore and reconcile us to God that we might have fellowship with one another. The second person of the Godhead who said, I and my Father are one. Great mystery here that the one God was manifest in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so when Jesus came, they called his name Emmanuel. Because interpreting that, it meant God with us. And God with us in a way that he wasn't with ancient Israel, his covenant people. Listen, both Jew and Gentile can know Christ and know God with us in this very particular, peculiar way. When God came to live with us, took on flesh, became incarnate. In the Old Covenant, it tells us that God was with them too, but not like He is with us. Joel chapter 2 and verse 27 says, And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And see, because He's in the midst, it goes on to say, And my people will never be ashamed. There was a tabernacle There was a linen veil that said behind that veil, you can't go. You can't just walk back there. Uh, Behind that veil was the Ark of the Covenant and and the mercy seat. And only the high priest could go back there because the earthly presence of God 
was being manifest behind that veil. And that thick linen veil said to every person that wasn't just there to offer a sin offering for the nation was to keep out. You can't come back here. You cannot approach the presence of a holy God. Though His presence is dwelling with you, it is not in any kind of personal way. Amen. But when Jesus came, it all changed. Praise God. When He come to become one with us and to promise to never leave us nor forsake us, to understand us, to get us like no one else could never get us. Not God above us in heaven, but God with us on earth. Not just the most high God, but the most nigh God. When the Most High became the Most Nigh under a new covenant that not only allowed us to go spiritually behind the veil and enjoy the very presence of God and be welcomed by Him. Hallelujah! But He can come from behind the veil and fellowship us. Yes, He acted in behalf of Israel, but He never came from behind that veil to fellowship His people. But now, that has all changed. You see, Jesus in the midst of us is the key to having peace in troubled times and how we need that peace today. Look with me at John's Gospel, chapter 20 and verse 19. And this is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and how he began to express even, even after they thought that, that all hope was gone. What happened when he was there with them? When he came out of that tomb and came alive and was physically, bodily resurrected. He said, then he the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. I believe before he even said it, it has started to dawn upon them that even death could not hold their master and the grave could not triumph over him and that in, in a physical, tangible body, he stood before them. You, you know, we talk about uh, doubting Thomas. And, 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 and by the way, if you have doubts sometimes, uh, God will help you with doubts. Unbelief is what limits God from moving in your life. But doubts can occur. And we call doubting Thomas because Jesus is standing there in his body raised from the dead. And he's just questioning, is this real? Is this surreal? Is this an apparition? What, what's going on? I, it's, I can't, how can I believe this? And Jesus said here, he said, put your hand in, in the wounds in my hand. Put your finger in that hole in my wrist. Put your hand in this place in my side. No more bleeding, no more blood, but the wounds that was inflicted on him to release that blood that saved us. They were there for Thomas to view. This was Jesus. 
who was dead, but now is alive forevermore. Praise God, I'm he that was dead, and behold, that's what he's telling him, I'm alive forevermore. Praise God. Then said Jesus unto them again, in verse 21, Peace be unto you. I'm not only alive, I'm with you. I'm in the midst of you. You see, dear friend, in the time of trouble and in troubled times, there's no greater consolation than the promise of the presence of God with us. That's why so many times in the time of trouble, many uh, embrace Psalm 46, 1 through 5. Listen, it says God is our refuge and strength. A very present, I want to qualify that, in the actual Hebrew it would read like this, very close to that translation. An ever-present, because he's very present, it means he's ever-present. It would read, an ever-present help in trouble. See, he doesn't have to come to us when the trouble comes. He is there with us. Praise God. Therefore, we will not fear. Although the earth, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Selah in the Psalms means to stop for a moment. Don't just keep reading. God wants you to get this. Stop. And quietly contemplate this. This is what it means to recognize the presence of God with us. In the time of such a shaking, we may have a tendency to see the trouble more than we see the one who said, I'm with you when the trouble comes. Look to me. Lean on me. Praise God. Amen. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Praise God. Now listen, when it says right early, it doesn't mean you're going to get everything uh, in a time frame that you don't have to have perseverance and patience. And that's what his presence is promised to us for so that we can wait with him and not wait for him. Wait on the answer from him in his way, in his timing, because we're waiting with him and he is with us. Someone put it in practical terms. I kind of like this. And he said, you know, he may not come. He may not start your car uh, in, in a snowbank when it has, it, it has stopped on you. But he will wait with you until the wrecker comes to pull you out. Amen. As long as he's waiting with me, I, I, I can wait for the answer the way God wants to send it. Can you, can you understand that today? Understand very clearly. God with us gives us the courage 
and the strength and the peace we need to wait upon Him and not give up hope because of our impatience. Someone said it, and it's become a cliche, but it's very true. He may not be there when you want Him, but He will be right on time. I'm going to tell this story again that I read some years ago around Christmas season. Around Christmas 1944, Bert Friesen was fighting in the Battle of the Bulge. This is World War II. Hit by enemy shrapnel, badly wounded and unable to move, he lay out on the battlefield waiting for death or whatever was to come. Much of the time during those six long hours, he sang softly over and over again the words of the song he had learned from his mother. And here's the, here's the lyrics to that song, or a lyric that he repeated. There is a name to me most dear, like sweetest music to my ear. For when my heart is troubled, filled with fear, Jesus whispers peace. He heard a sound nearby. Opening his eyes, he saw a German soldier standing over him with a gun. This is it, thought Bert, and he waited for the shot. But the German soldier didn't shoot. He said in English, sing it again. As Bert began to sing the song again, he felt the German lift him in his strong arms and place him on a ledge of a rock. His own medic spotted him a few minutes later and took him to safety. Jesus had whispered peace and brought peace in the midst of war. You see, Jesus, one of the titles of Christ, is the Prince of Peace. He is with us, and our souls can rest in Him. And that's why Jesus said in John 16, in verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. That's not the great tribulation. That's not the seven years of the outpouring of the wrath of God. This is the condition of fallen man in a world that is under the influence of the evil one. In the world, as we know it today, you shall have tribulation. It's The word in the Greek is thelpsis, and it means anguish and pressure. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Praise God. See, this overcoming God, this triumphant Christ is with us. And he promised to never leave us and never forsake us. Hallelujah. To go with us all the way, even unto the end of the age. I like the Amplified here. It said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you'll have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted, for I have overcome 
the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you, have conquered it for you. You see, Jesus went before us to face everything that we have to face. (laughs) And he overcame the world, the flesh, and the devil himself. And he leads us to victory. (laughs) Hallelujah. And he promises because he has overcome, we also shall overcome. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ with us, the promise of victory. Praise God. Amen. Right here and right now, when the depression is so high, when, when we're, when we're supposed to be saying, you realize when we say Merry Christmas to someone, they may be feeling the, and we should. Someone told me today when I left a, left a, make it a deposit at the bank, Merry Christmas. And I said, thank you so much. And I'm glad that I have my little family left this Christmas. But I've got a daughter in heaven. I've got a son in heaven. Daddy, mama, I'm not whining. I'm just saying, <laughs> amen, heaven. When I get to heaven, uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be running so fast through the gates of pearl to hug my Jesus. And my loved ones, <laughs> that I'm, I won't have time. There's going to be eternity to admire those gates. <laughs> are you going to stop at the gate and when your loved ones are there to greet you? Remember that great Christian hymn of the faith, I will meet you in the morning just inside the eastern gate over there. I will greet you in the morning just inside the eastern gate over there. Hallelujah. That is our hope. Christ with us. God among us. Glory to the Lord. This assurance of victory is ours today because the Most High became the Most Nigh. Praise God. Now, we'll, we'll, one day we will come back and take a gander at the gate. <laughs> I'm sure we will notice the precious stones that make up the foundation of the holy city. Oh, I'm sure we're going to take a long, cool drink of the water of life, the river of life, and eat the leaves uh, uh, for the healing of the nation that grow on either side of that river. We're going to have a wonderful time up there. But without Jesus and without our loved ones, heaven would be a very empty meaningless place. If you've lost a child, that child is going to be waiting for you. If you've lost a dad or mom, they're going to be waiting for you if they were Christian. If you've lost a mate and they were Christian, they're going to be waiting for you. Oh, we've got heaven to gain. Nothing that touches us in this world. Well, Paul put it this way. And he went through the mill. I mean, you talk about persecutions for the sake of the gospel. He said, I was, I was, I was, I was beaten of rods on three occasions. I was given 39 stripes on five separate occasions. I was beaten, in other words, to an inch of my life. Why 39 stripes? 
Because people went into shock and died if it went over that. They had literally learned how bad a beating they could give them without killing them. Because it wasn't meant to be corporal punishment, this particular punishment. But I'll guarantee you that if you stripped Paul to his waist, you would see scar tissue on his back from five occasions being whipped within an inch, literally, of his life. (laughs) He said, I was shipwrecked. You see, Christians don't live in a bubble. I'm not saying anything can happen to you, but I'm saying no matter what happens to you, God is with you when it happens to you. Praise God, and God brings us through it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I was shipwrecked. (laughs) But he wasn't killed, right? I was in the deep for a day and a night. (laughs) Amen. He had to grab hold of something and hold on until they could be brought ashore at a particular island. He said, I was snake bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was. He got bit by a poisonous snake, but it didn't kill him. And a revival broke out on that island. Oh, friend of mine, he said, I fell among thieves. Any of you ever been broken into as a Christian? Your church broken into? Have you ever lost anything? Do you live in a bubble? Or do you live in this world? Jesus said, in this world, there's going to be a lot of pressure. There's going to be a lot of anguish. But I'm with you. And I'm going to take you through it because I've faced everything you can or ever will face. And yet I did not sin. But I know how to help you through it. Why? Because we don't have a high priest that is passed into the heavens that cannot be touched, the Scriptures teach, with the feeling of our infirmities. When I hear infirmity, I think of a handicapped person or a very sick or ill person with a disease. But this word infirmity covers something far broader than all of those things that can befall us. It covers all of the tests, all of the temptations, all of the heartache, all of the heartbreak that we can and we will experience. The longer we live, the more we will see loved ones uh, go to heaven and our hearts will be hurt when that occurs. Ah, but we are not like others. We sorrow not as others who have no hope. Praise God. God is with us to take us through these times and to give us the assurance that we're going to be reunited in heaven forever. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, for these light afflictions, that stuff, I he said, I was among false brethren too, people that will befriend you and then quit you and break your heart. You will feel it. You'll feel the pain of it. Jesus did. He felt that. He faced that. He overcame that. And that's why he said, in this world, you're going to experience these things. But cheer up. I have overcome the world. And he knows exactly how to help us. The Bible said, in so much that he was tempted himself, he is able to succor. Or give aid is what that old English word means, translating it from the Greek and Aramaic. I'm able to help you. We don't have a high priest that is passed into heavens that cannot be touched 
with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. You see, when he took on flesh, God experienced, because he took on flesh, he experienced, he could know, being all-knowing, but he actually experienced what we feel. Oh, friend, can you understand the mystery of that? And can you grasp the majesty of that? That the God of glory became incarnate, laid in a manger, helpless, crying for his mother to rock him to sleep, (laughs) growing to full maturity and going to the cross to pay our sin debt. Emmanuel, God with us. So now when we come to God because of Christ coming and experiencing what we experience there is a grace, a spe- I call it a special grace. I may be taking a, a little bit of biblical liberty here. We know there is grace. I believe grace is so enhanced by the fact. The, the reason it's so granted, so willingly granted, is because God understands not just what we did, but why we did it. He understands our weaknesses, our frailties, our He understands our faults and failures, and He offers us an opportunity to be forgiven, an opportunity to be supported by His sufficient grace to get through everything we might face. Because, oh yes, not only can we go behind the veil and experience His presence, He indeed comes from behind the veil and He stands with us and walks through that trial with us every step of the way. You see, when Jesus said that his, his, He was with us every single moment, I am with you. I will never, no, never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you. You, To me, that's how grace becomes sufficient, is His presence with us no matter what that we are experiencing and what we may have to face. I like, I like this, this, uh, this, this statement about Christian peace. Christian peace is not the absence of trouble but rather the presence of God no matter what the trouble. I think that uh, that preacher, you may not have ever heard of him, Robert Venable wrote that. In fact, I know he did because I see my writing <laughs> where I pinned this under the Scriptures. Bob Mumford, I will quote him too. He said, Peace with God brings the peace of God. I've often declared that. It is a peace, he said, that settles our nerves, fills our mind, and floods our spirit, and in the midst of the uproar around us, gives us the assurance that everything 
is all right. Hallelujah. Amen. Billy Graham put it this way. He summed it up. He said, the storm rages, but our hearts are at rest. The storm rages. Why are you repeating this? Because the storm is raging. And God wants to give us rest for our soul. There's an Old Testament scripture. And God had promised to be with Israel, not as intimately and personally as in the New Covenant, but He certainly was with them in their trials and their testings and their battles they had to fight. And Hezekiah was faced with with an enemy that had come up and had had surrounded and laid siege to the city. And the people came to him. And they they wanted to know, what, what are we supposed to do? How shall we do? What can we do? And he simply said to them, there is more with us than there is with them. Now, that's an amazing thing to say when they're hopelessly outnumbered <laughs> and they don't see any visible any visible help or deliverance and he said with them he explained it with them is the arm of flesh what you can see but with us see that's why it's so important the word the term the title the name Emmanuel God with us with them is the arm of flesh, what you can see, but with us is the Lord our God. He it is that shall fight our battles. <laughs> Hallelujah. He'll take up the fight. <laughs> and all they have is what you see, and it looks so intimidating and incriminating, but our God is with us. He's for us and he's with us. And the Bible said, and the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. He wasn't just, just you know, he wasn't just blowing smoke. He, he was telling them the truth about God. And they knew they had a covenant with God. And they were reminded of their covenant with God, that he would be with them in fact, he would be in the midst of them. And because of that, they had the assurance that somehow, some way, the invisible presence of God and person of God, though invisible, was so viable and real that there was going to be a victory granted by him and through him in their behalf. And it all began because Hezekiah spoke comfortably unto them. Comfortably unto them. I'm doing the same thing this Christmas season. I'm telling you, whatever you are facing, whatever pressure and problems that you are under, discouragements, disappointments, disillusionment, don't give up on God. If you've never known Him, come to Him, run to Him, and let Him keep the promise to you that He promised to keep with every child of God that has come to Him by faith in His Son and our Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Come, come and experience this wonderful peace. We hear about it. We hear songs about it. But only Jesus can grant it to us. We can have peace with God and obtain the peace of God to rule in our hearts and in our minds and keep us through this very, very troubled time. And so that is my encouragement to you today. If you're a Christian today and you're going through a, as they, they, in, it's probably a, a terrible understatement if you're going through a bad patch, if you're going through a hard time, if you're facing a fiery trial, God is with you. God is with you. You may not sense Him immediately because of your emotions and how frayed your nerves are. <laughs> oh, but friend, Acknowledge today the truth of the Word of God, Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas, when the Most High became and is right now the Most Nigh, an ever-present help in trouble. Look to Him, lean heavily on Him. He will take you through. His grace will be found to be sufficient. And His peace that He grants when you trust Him for it, by trusting in Him to take you through, is a peace that passes all understanding. Why? Why? Because the storm doesn't have to cease for you to know it will cease. The storm, the wind doesn't has to stop howling and the waves do not have to be still to know your boat's not going under. (laughs) Hallelujah, you're going over in Jesus' name today. This is the encouragement that we have when His name is called Emmanuel, God with us now and forever in and through Jesus Christ, and in the name of Jesus Christ. God is with us. God is for us. And the Scriptures are very clear. If God be for us, and He is, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Who can prevail if God Himself is for us today? So, dear friend of mine, Once again, if you don't know Jesus, the Bible says of you that you're without God and you're without hope in the world. We see it among movie stars, comedians, when they get in a hopeless situation without God. Some take their own lives because of the hopelessness of their situation, their prognosis. We see it in rich men. We see it in poor people. We see it across the gamut of the human race. We see it. We see people facing trouble. 
that they cannot buy their way out of. They cannot think their way out of. They cannot find someone that can just do something to make it all change. Once we feel that helpless, we become hopeless. Ah, that the scripture said of our God, the God of all hope, fill you with hope in believing. So trust Him today. Come to Christ, repenting of your sin. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Receive reconciliation to God. And let the God of peace settle your mind, settle your soul, sweeten your spirit with His presence, and give you hope that even death cannot conquer nor counsel. In Jesus' name, amen.